Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill-building courses for you to choose from because the steps you choose to take today will help you love what you do in the future. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Pushkin. Hey, it's Jacob Goldstein, and this is a special bonus episode of What's Your Problem? The problem we're going to talk about on the show today is amazing and delightful. How do you build a car to drive on the literal moon? For real. Uh, my guest is Eddie Alterman, the former editor-in-chief of Car and Driver, and the host of a new podcast called Car Show. Amazing name. Hi, Eddie. Hey, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm very excited about your show. Can you give me the like very brief elevator pitch for Car Show? Yeah, so Car Show is about why we drive what we drive. Um, it's not about horsepower and miles per gallon, and it's not a sort of comparison test show. And it's not, you know, two guys throwing verbal wrenches at each other. It's not two guys arguing over the fence. <laughs> I think it dovetails really well with what you do here. You know, it's about the problems associated with producing something innovative, um, doing something new. It is that innovation that lasts. And those innovative cars are the ones that sort of fix themselves in the culture. And, um, those are the, the breakthrough cars are the ones that we're going to look at, uh, both how they came to be and then what their cultural impact was. So I love the episode about the Lunar Rover, which is basically a car, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it looks yeah. like a Jeep. You've probably, if you're listening, you've probably seen pictures of the guys driving on the moon, right? Right. In their spacesuits. And they've got the, uh, you know, the satellite dish and those wild mesh wire wheels. There are two different models of the Lunar Rover, right? There's the first one that we built, that engineers built, like, what is it now, 50, 60 years ago when when people went to the moon for ago. the first time. Yeah. So part one of the show is going to be you telling me that story. And then part two of the show is sort of excitingly 
engineers are right now, today, building a new lunar rover, a new car to drive on the moon uh, for the next, you know, for this planned uh, new mission to the moon. So, so let's start out uh, with the with the old lunar rover, right? Like, just what? Just get me into that story. Where are we? It starts in what the the fifties, the early sixties, must be the sixties. It's the 60s, and, and the timeline was very, very tight. Um, what they found was uh, the, the earliest Apollo missions were really limited in scope by how far the astronauts could travel. You couldn't really interrogate. Basically, yeah, hop exactly. Uh-huh, exactly. Uh-huh. It took a lot of energy. They didn't have a lot of air. And so they couldn't really do science up there. They couldn't really interrogate the surface of the moon. And now the idea of having a car on the moon, it's kind of ridiculous, right? We're already at the moon, right? Do we really need a car? (laughs) Well, the funny thing is you do. To do real science, you had to go past the radius of walking exploration. So so we're going to do this kind of ridiculous, but apparently useful thing, build a car to, to go to the moon. Like, where do you even start? Well, the first problem is, how do you even test the thing, okay? Um, You're designing a vehicle for a 1-6 gravity environment, but you have Earth mass astronauts that have to sit in it. And if they sit in it, they'll crush it. Uh-huh, so you couldn't uh-huh. drive it beforehand. So so they built the vehicle that was like optimized to drive on the moon in one-sixth gravity and be super light. But that means that like literally if the astronauts just sat in the driver's seat on Earth, they'd break it. That's right. They would crush it. So it's like a crapshoot. It's like, well, right. we hope it works. There was no test drive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, okay. So they build this thing with no test drive. And then, and then you've got to get it from... From Earth to the moon, right? Like a whole car, you got to get it to the moon along with the astronauts. Yeah. So they originally, when they wanted to send a car up, they wanted to send two lunar modules. But the two budget cars? was... Oh, two, two lunar modules, no, meaning lunar, two spaceships. Two spaceships. Like one, one for the guys and one for the car? One for the guys and one for the car. Like a garage. Okay. Like a garage in space where you park your car. A flying garage yeah. to take the car okay. up to the moon. Because you got to put the car somewhere, right? And it's a little exactly. spaceship that the guys are in. Right. So, the, you know, you've got this lunar module that's got all this stuff in it. Where are you going to put a car? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, so do they do that? And so the original design had six wheels. And they thought, okay, we can package this six-wheel vehicle because that'll be great for crawling over stuff. You know, six wheels, there's always, you know, some contact with the the uh, the yeah, terrain, it's bumpy. If you're up on a crazy rock, something's still rolling, pushing against the moon. Right, this highly articulated sort of space spider, right? Love that it. was gonna gonna crawl over stuff and could get over anything. A space spider. I mean, what's not to love about a highly right. articulated space spider? Okay, well, more, so that's more the plan. That's the plan. What happens? Right, budget gets slashed. They go. We can't send two lunar modules. We can only send one. We're not going to send a garage to the moon. But we still need the car, right? Okay. Okay. This is a good problem. <laughs> still so want to have the now you've car. got this little spaceship full of guys and stuff, and you've got to find a place to put a car in it. Exactly. So it's the old problem. How do you get the stroller in your trunk? Right. You fold it up. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so they did that with the, with the rover? They built a car that folds up? 
Yes. So first thing they did was they need to downsize it a little bit. So they went from six wheels to four wheels, even more like a traditional car. Yes. And then they figured out how to fold it like a business letter, like in thirds. <laughs> really? Like yeah. it, like it, it, like, or like a, maybe like an accordion kind of, I mean, what, yeah, how, how yeah. yeah. Like the one axle flop over onto the main section where they would sit. The other axle would flop on top of that and they'd stuff it into the belly of the, of the single lunar module. So then you take it out of basically the belly of the lunar module, you unfold it, you hop in and you start driving around. And did it, did it work? Is this what actually happened? Yes, it worked. It was great. So I know in the story, there's this moment you talk about where everything's going fine, but then something goes wrong, right? Yes. Up on the moon, they run into a problem. The first uh, mission that had a lunar rover was Apollo 15. Okay. They unfurl the thing, they roll it onto the surface of the moon, and then the steering doesn't work. Uh-huh. So it's there's a, a little glitch. They got a lemon. They got a lemon, right. So the steering doesn't work, and is that the end of that? Do they just not drive on that mission? It magically connects, and they're fine. Okay, so they're driving around. It works itself out. A little electrical glitch that works itself out. Not a big deal, but sort of a harbinger of things to come on Apollo 16. Okay, the next mission. Astronaut John Young has a hammer in his pocket on his spacesuit, as one does. And he walks past the lunar rover, and the hammer snags itself on the fender of one of the rear wheels, and it rips the fender off. Okay. Okay. Not a huge deal on Earth, right? Sure, you see people driving around without a fender. You see that all the time. (laughs) Exactly. But these have sort of like motorcycle fenders. He rips this thing off, and now he's driving around on the moon, and he's kicking up a huge flume of moon dust, which is gritty. Not really good for the equipment, the spacesuits, this gritty moon dust gets into everything. And, and the, the fender was supposed to sort of keep that dust from spraying up, right? That's what the fender is there for. And now the fender is not doing that. So there's That's dust exactly. getting everywhere. So, okay, so there's dust everywhere. What happens? Okay, so it starts getting into the electronics and things start overheating. And it's getting into the O-rings on their spacesuits. And so bad, not just for the car, but for the astronauts. Oh, yeah, like really bad. And uh, so what do you do? There are no repair shops on the moon, <laughs> right? right? He's got a hammer. We know he's got a hammer. That's he's a got start. a hammer. And you know what else they had? They had duct tape. No, for okay? real? Yeah. They had Tell me duct they tape. fixed it with duct tape. Tell they me fixed they fixed it, it with duct tape. They fixed it with duct tape. They oh, took so the geologic... <laughs> they took the geological maps that they had in the rover folded them together into a, you know, sort of makeshift fender extension wow. and duct taped it out. That is dynamite. Isn't that awesome? And it worked. And they just kept driving around the moon. That's right. That's exactly right. Let me say, Eddie, thank you for coming, talking to me about your new show. Thank you. And let's play now a, a part of your new show, of Car Show. NASA's planning a new mission to the moon, and people right now are designing a new car to drive on the moon. So let's hear that. NASA's Artemis program plans to get us back to the moon for the first time in 50 years. 
the current timetable has Americans landing on the moon in 2024. NASA plans to put a permanent colony on the moon and use it as a platform for travel to Mars. And once again, General Motors is busy at the drafting table. But unlike those early Apollo missions, the goal this time around isn't just about exploration. What's really interesting about this particular series of missions is that the intent is long-term habitation or colonization of the moon, if you will. That's Jeffrey Neild, who's working to design the new lunar rover for Artemis. So yes, perhaps we'll get our vacation homes up there yet. We may be a two-planet species after all. Elon Musk wants that second planet to be Mars, not the moon. But Artemis posits the moon as a launch pad for Mars exploration, too. We're going back to the moon, and this is why. The moon is a treasure trove of science. It holds opportunities for us to make discoveries about our home planet, about our sun, and about our solar system. The wealth of knowledge to be gleaned from the moon will inspire a new generation of thought and action. Without fail, every major program and mission NASA has invested in has led to technologies and capabilities that have shaped our culture. The breakthroughs of the Artemis era will define our generation. The moon also makes an interesting proving ground for streets on Earth. The new rovers are electrified, as the first ones were. But that line of electric vehicle development stopped with Apollo. Hopefully what the Artemis team finds out about batteries and motors can be applied down here. I think that having the lunar surface or the lunar environment as a proving ground is certainly a wonderful opportunity. Um, the solutions that are effective in that challenging environment will absolutely push our knowledge and our technology in the direction that we could then therefore apply back on Earth. You have a pretty unique thermal environment there. All you EV owners out there know what I'm getting at. When it's cold out, you lose driving range. Lots of it. Yeah, so there's a, a huge shift in temperature. Um, it, the lunar surface, when it's, when it's daylight, um, is 250 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. When it's the equivalent of nighttime, it's, it's 250 degrees Fahrenheit below zero. So that's a massive shift. We don't really experience anything quite like that here. And the lunar night lasts for the equivalent of 14 Earth days. So it's a very long night a very long day, very cold night, very hot day. <laughs> One of the things that we're working on is obviously um, solar charging. That's that's going to be the life source for this vehicle. There's nothing to plug into up there. And uh, we're developing what, what's called a solar array. And this will pull energy from the sun and it will store it. And our goal is to survive the lunar night. We're intending for these vehicles to be able to live on the lunar surface. So they have to absorb 14 days of heat and light and then use that to survive 14 days of cold and darkness and then repeat over and over and over and over again. So this this rover would be of unlimited use. You could go as far as you want because it's rechargeable. It's also recyclable. The idea is that these are not one-time use disposable uh, mobility vehicles. These have to have a lot of durability and longevity. Um, we've thought a lot about, you know, we're in a situation now where we're having conversations about repair, long-term repair, parts inventory. It's not a one-use case situation like Apollo. We've even talked to the team about 
um, the interchangeability of the parts. Um, the intent is to have more than one of these rovers on the surface at any given time. I mean, we're thinking about maintaining a fleet of vehicles over a long period of time. And the more we can share between this fleet of rovers, the better we're going to be. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, the the Apollo programs were sort of um, use it and leave it. And then the space shuttle was a reusable service craft. And now you look at what Elon Musk is doing and those vehicles intercept the space station. They come back and they land on the pad. And sustainability and reusability seem to be all of a sudden the keywords of the space program. So it's really cool to hear that we're not just using it and dumping it on the moon. Because yeah. there's three cars there already. Right. <laughs> I can't wait for the photo of the new rover and the old rover. <laughs> That's a great idea. You hear that, everybody? We're going back to the moon. That was a clip from Pushkin's newest podcast, Car Show, exclamation mark, with Eddie Alterman. Other episodes of the show include stories about a car that defied gravity, the best sports sedan ever made, and also how the minivan changed America. It's true. It did. You can find Car Show with Eddie Alterman wherever. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. How do you create present and future value? As a leading provider of specialized finance operations and technology advisory services for Fortune 500 companies, emerging growth market leaders, and private equity sponsors, cross-country consulting solves today's most pressing challenges and creates present and future enterprise value. With tailored, integrated solutions for accounting, risk, technology-enabled transformation, and transaction solutions, CrossCountry works as a strategic partner and collaborative part of your team. The future-ready business, insight and within reach. Go to crosscountry-consulting.com to learn more.